Hi everyone and welcome to this podcast on diabetes care in young adults. My name is DR and I will be your host today. Today I'm excited to have Amy Rush with me to discuss this topic. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about diabetes care in young adults. Hi DR and thank you for having me here to chat about this exact topic today. Can we start by talking about what makes this such a challenging space? What is it that makes teenagers and young adults so vulnerable to poor outcomes? So as if the life of a teen isn't complicated enough, the teen years for someone living with type 1 diabetes are really a multifaceted transitional period. Type 1 teens are essentially dealing with three major life transitions or developmental stages all at once. So the first, like all teens, they're dealing with biological maturation, the hormonal changes of becoming an adult. They're becoming more independent logistically, financially and emotionally. They're finding their place in the world and they're really wanting to fit in with their peers who really have become the most important and influential people in their world. It's often a time of rebellion, as we know, um, not just in the actual sense of the word, but a rebellion against life and what constitutes living a healthy life physically and mentally. So at this point, diabetes really isn't their number one priority in their lives. Then we have that second transition, Um, and this is sometimes gradual. Sometimes it's a Band-Aid rip of heavy reliance on the parental role in managing their type 1 diabetes to becoming more a self-managed role. Uh, Sometimes this might be instigated instigated by the parents, but sometimes it's more instigated by the teen. In either case, whoever is on the receiving end is often less struggling with the outcomes. So it's so much bigger than mum and dad just not carrying the load anymore. Many young adults will find themselves in a situation where they actually don't know how to self-manage their diabetes. Basic day-to-day management such as carbohydrate counting, insulin adjustment, this was all done for them. And now they're being expected to take over when they really just don't have these skills. And then we have the third transition um, is the young adult's place in the medical system. So who until now, they've, they've learned to heavily rely on this system and then they're released from this nurturing paediatric care and entering sometimes the harsh reality of the adult diabetes care system. The faces change, the process changes, and it can feel really overwhelming and more transactional. Unfortunately, if the young adult fails to engage at this point, then they're often discharged and that can be where we lose them completely for the rest of their diabetes care for life. There's certainly a lot of things going on all at once, isn't there? Um, Perhaps we can deep dive a little bit uh, more on the biological changes that are occurring during this period. Um, What are the special considerations that this introduces for diabetes management? Yeah, so every stage of biological change will present its challenges when it comes to managing type 1 diabetes. As CDEs, we are really aware of the impact of hormones on blood glucose levels and the teen and young adult years are really like a roller coaster of hormonal swings. Unfortunately, that all coincides with what we've just discussed. So the young adult is not focused on diabetes management right now. They are retreating from their parents' involvement in their diabetes or being encouraged or forced to take their diabetes care into their own hands. So they've lost the security of the paediatric hospital system and they need to find their way in the adult clinic system. And many of them don't even have the basic skills here to manage their blood glucose levels, let alone these changes. So as I mentioned, it's often the exact time that we lose them from regular diabetes check-ins with a healthcare team. 
at a time where in reality, they probably actually need more frequent and consistent check-ins, especially with all these changes going on. They've not dealt with this type of hormonal impact on blood glucose levels before, much less alone. So sadly, we see these young adults re-engage much later once the implications of these poorly handled transition phases or these teen years kick in. So in my clinic, I often get young adults coming in because they suddenly can't see properly or after a DKA admission due to drug and alcohol use. They just simply don't have the skills they need to self-manage and the result is the onset of both acute and sometimes, unfortunately, long-term complications. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of things going on biologically. What about emotionally? What do you see that can affect the way young adults tackle their diabetes management? We know, for example, how much teenagers want to fit in. So how does that play out with diabetes? Yeah, there's a there is a huge uh, another transition, I guess, a huge relationship transition in the young adult years. So we know these teens are building new connections with peers, namely friends, co-workers, building intimate relationships. And these become the most important relationships in their lives. And they want to, like you said, fit in. So what this can often mean is hiding their diabetes, not even telling their new people that they have type one. This can start as not bolusing for meals when eating out with friends. It might progress to remo removing pumps and CGMs so there's no physical sign that they may be quote-unquote different. Uh, sometimes their diabetes becomes so hidden that they actually begin to ignore it themselves completely. And this is where we see that complete disengagement, no blood glucose monitoring, irregular insulin dosing, and ultimately acute events such as DKA or even severe hypoglycemia when things are trying to be rectified. So we see many young adults who are just so overwhelmed with life and then type 1 diabetes that they're suffering from severe mental health issues and they're doing this alone until something breaks. Yeah. You mentioned earlier the role of parents and family. Uh, certainly the adolescent years are challenging for everyone concerned. Um, how do family dynamics and the role of the parent or guardian influence outcomes for diabetes management? Yeah, during the young adult years, the relationship with the parents is, is changing. The, the young adult wants obviously more autonomy in everyday life, which is hard enough for a parent to deal with. The impact on diabetes management can go two ways. So either the parents are really holding on for dear life, they're trying to maintain some form of involvement, or they may relinquish their diabetes management involvement completely. So both approaches really put strain on the parent-child relationship either way. The young adult who feels their parents are intrusive and demanding may rebel. They will keep type 1 diabetes management or lack thereof a secret. Um, whereas the young adult who is left to fend for themselves feels lost, confused and disengages from self-management. Sometimes the work needs to be done with both the adult and their parents. Um, and if we can get in early enough, the better. The educator may need to be the catalyst to help really support and both parties to deal with the psychological aspect of letting go as well as providing the required diabetes education on, on both sides. This is where having a type 1 diabetes specialist psychologist working alongside a diabetes educator can be a real game changer. And this can be important for both the, the teen or the young adult and the parents. Right. Let's talk a little bit more about the challenges of moving from paediatric care to the adult system. What do you see are the key differences? Um, and why do those differences potentially make things more difficult? 
Yeah, you could think of it like this. So pediatric care is like a big warm hug for diabetes care. Mum and dad um, make the bookings, you, they attend with you, they help you navigate the hospital, the parking, the appointment. You see the same diabetes educator, the same endocrinologist. You can ask to see a dietitian or a social worker. Mum and dad will drive you there, they pay for parking, and you've probably just got the day off school. So it's great. You don't put your hand in your pocket, so to speak. Everything is done for you and you and your parents leave armed with some updated insulin pump or bolus calculator setting and a a better understanding of maybe adjusting your insulin around your new latest activity or whatever it is that you've asked to talk about at the time. Then we think of the adult system more as the handshake with a new acquaintance every time. So the stranger sets the meeting time and it's up to you to get yourself there and to pay for parking. Add to that, you're missing an important uni lecture or you've had to take time off work to be there, which you really can't afford if you've got next month's rent to pay for. When you arrive, you're met with a new face. It might be a diabetes educator. It might be an endocrinologist to whom you spend most of the appointment having to recap your diabetes history to get them up to speed. There is probably little time to download pump or CGM data. You're probably going to get your HbA1c assessed and then you're likely sent on the way on your way. And look, this is not a dig at the health system by any means. It is just the reality of a system that is at overcapacity and unable to offer that in-depth, in-the-moment, one-on-one support that young adults and even adults in later life with type 1 diabetes really need. Mm. So, Amy, let's get to brass tacks here. What have you found does work? Um, How do diabetes educators best support this group? Well, what a young adult really needs is this. They, they need understanding, firstly. They need their healthcare team to know that this is a really rough time for them from a life perspective. They're learning in every single facet of their life. They're learning new skills at university or TAFE. They're learning a new job. They may be learning to live out of home, learning to cook, learning to budget, learning to develop and maintain personal um, relationships. Adding a full-time job of managing diabetes on top of that is really hard. And given it's the one thing that they have complete control over, it's generally the one thing that they can let fall to the side. Solid relationships with their healthcare professionals is really important. They don't want to meet a stranger every time they attend a healthcare appointment. They don't want to talk about diabetes, let alone rehash their history every single time. They want someone who knows that, hey, they're working long hours, they're in a new job, they're struggling with university and all at the same time struggling to manage with their blood glucose levels in that daily stress. They want connection. Young adulthood is a time where their peer relationships are at absolute paramount. Imagine if every young adult living with type 1 was connected to another young adult living with type 1, whether that be personally or even online, a space where they could share their concerns, their triumphs, a place where they can ask for help, ask for guidance, or just have someone to empathise with and to listen to them when they've had a really bad day. We know from experience where I work that this is an absolute game changer to long-term physical but more so mental health. So overall, the young adult really needs assistance in navigating this transition. We can't expect just to leave them be just, you know, say see you from paediatric care and and just expect that this is all going to go smoothly. We really need to walk with them as they transition between this paediatric and adult service. And early intervention, as I said before, really is key here. 
Um, we should be preparing our teens and their parents for this. We, they should know what they're getting into. We need to educate them before the hormones kick in, before they leave the safety of mum and dad and enter the real world, before they have that chance to rebel or throw it all in. If they already know what to expect where to go f- and where to go for help, we reduce that chance of losing them. And if we do, then they will know how to navigate their way back when they're ready. Yeah, you've given us a great overview of how to support people through this period, Amy. What is stopping us from consistently achieving better outcomes here? What do you think needs to change? Oh, the answer really is time or lack thereof, I guess. We need time with them. And this moment that we get with the young adult in clinic is make or break for these kids. It may be the only time a young adult spends on assessing their diabetes management or upskilling themselves to deal with management in regards to their current life situation. If that little bit of time that we get with them is negative, it really can lead to complete disengagement and have disastrous implications. They need time to open up, to lay out their concerns, and then for us to workshop them and and give them what they need in that moment. Time is hard to get. Time is money at the end of the day and for the healthcare system and for people living with type 1. So we really need a way to get them the time they need without that additional burden on both sides. Amy, I know you've been looking at some innovative programs and services to support this group over at the Type 1 Diabetes Family Centre. What could you share that might interest our listeners today? Yeah, we have three really great programs that come to mind. So the first is um, we were so lucky to get at the Type 1 Family Centre. It was called our, it is called our uh, Level Up program. So through some very generous funding and also Medicare rebates, we've been able to offer young adults aged 18 to 30 four one-hour clinic appointments with one of our private CDEs for only $100 out of pocket. And this has been just phenomenal. The sessions could be booked at any time that suited the young adult, obviously when the clinician was in, over the course of a year, so they weren't rushed, and they could be used to discuss or tackle anything they liked, even using them for tech upgrades, pump starts, CGM starts, whatever it was that they needed. Over the four sessions, the young adult could really build rapport with their chosen clinician, and they they, they chose exactly who they wanted to see. They were also then exposed to everything else that we have at the Type 1 Diabetes Family Centre, all of our wraparound services, and this includes our psychology, our life life coaching, our online education tools, our in-person group information and education events. Um, But what I think also our most influential offering for them was the Facebook group. So it's the adult Facebook group hosted by the Family Centre, and this is where They link up with thousands of other adults in WA living with type 1 diabetes. They have 24-7 access to their tribe where they can ask questions, they can vent at 3am when they're treating a hypo, they can ask for a CGM sensor while they wait for their pharmacy order. And this really has been a life-changing discovery for many of our our Level Up participants. I cannot stress that enough. The the second program that we're launching very soon, Type 1 Essentials, 
This is an online type one education course, and this covers both your basic day-to-day -day knowledge required to manage type one diabetes, as well as some more advanced topics and skills such as managing BGs around exercise, around alcohol. It's a perfect program for somebody who is newly diagnosed with type one in that first stages of learning and implementing diabetes management into their everyday lives right through to someone who's had type 1 for a long time and who needs a basic refresher or who is looking to fine-tune their management and, and learn more advanced skills. The beauty of it being online is that it's completed at home in their own time when it suits them and they can do it as slowly as they like and really let that information sink in because it's a lot when you're learning this for the first time, even when you're learning this again, it's a lot. Um, then they can take any information that they learn to their diabetes healthcare appointments to really flesh it out further and make it more personalised for them. So keep an eye out for that one because that one is actually launching very soon. And then we have a third program which we intend to hopefully release later this year and this is called Type 1 Bootcamp. So Bootcamp is Type 1 education that you didn't know that you needed or the re-education that you actually didn't realise that you needed. And we do this as a two-day Type 1 101 workshop, and we do it generally over two weekends, so two consecutive Saturdays. And the goal of boot camp really is to teach participants the basic knowledge, again, that they need to live a healthy life with Type 1, and then take that knowledge and put it into everyday practice. For example, this is basal insulin 101. This is how you assess the accuracy of your basal dose. This is how you adjust it. Now let's look at why you might need to adjust it, you know, short term, maybe because you're doing a gym workout or long term, maybe because you've had a significant weight change. And then we workshop ideas on how you would adjust that in each scenario. So this is really the hands on stuff. So I'm really excited about the launch of this program. Um, this is one of my babies. And I think we really hit the mark on the knowledge factor, particularly after our focus group soft launch. We were really confident that this was what people really wanted. It was really the real life factor. So really looking forward to this one coming out. Great. And finally, Amy, as a bit of a wrap up here, um, if you had only three pieces of advice to share with our listeners, uh, what would they be? Three pieces only. That's tough. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think the first one would be that really um, just acknowledging that of all the life stages, the young adult stage is really the hardest. Diabetes is generally at this point not this person's priority. Um, it's not their fault. It's just that they're not choosing for it to be their priority, but that's okay. And we need to accept that, that that is okay at this point. They've got a lot going on. They also don't understand the implications of it not being their first priority at this point either. Um, and us as healthcare professionals, we need to accept that. We need to acknowledge that this young adult needs more support. So they need more support they need it more frequently when they get it, they need more of it. They also need it to be flexible and within reason to fit into their schedule. I understand that's difficult, but we need to understand that they're not being difficult. They're just trying to navigate a world where lots of new people are telling them to do lots of new things and they are just trying to please everybody. And then finally, I think outsource where you can. So look for external services that your young adult patient may be willing or able to engage with. So do they have the financial capacity to include private diabetes healthcare in their management? Is there an online community that they can link to for peer support 
or is there online or face-to-face -face education workshops that they can attend to upskill alongside their hospital appointments? Excellent. Well, Amy, um, you've shared with us some very important information and I'm sure we'll have many questions to come your way um, with all the great work that you're doing over at the uh, Type 1 Family Centre. So once again, thank you so much for your time. It's been a, a great pleasure to talk to you today. Thank um, you, dear. It's been great. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you for um, taking the time to listen to this podcast. To obtain CPD points for this episode, please um, complete the feedback and evaluation form that's on the uh, LMS. Uh, again, stay tuned. This podcast series will be up very shortly uh, and uh, you'll be able to um, access your certificate of completion. Until next time, thank you so much and goodbye.